Okay, well, let's take care of the dog. So, for beginner piano uh, students, if their song's like 30 seconds long, can we give them two songs to play? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if the yeah, the parents paying eighty bucks, they want to see their kid on stage for at least three minutes. Okay. Hi, viewer. Do you want to be on the the podcast? Hey. No, Come on. Hello, viewer is generous. <laughs> Hello, future people who might watch this after we boost but it. It'll. <laughs> we're gonna boost it, and then we've got a couple hundred views now. All right. We're getting there. Nice. I'm even. I'm even somewhat sure that this is live. See. Uh, so you've got a lot of insane clown posse pictures on there from previous But I podcasts. got one of these. Check this out. Hey. What's that? That is uh, a prism refracting white light uh, along the, the electromagnetic spectrum. That's a lot of words. Science. Uh, <laughs> uh, today we want to talk about music. I think last, last time we, we, we did some, some good stuff. And um, I... I I thought you can open with what you're doing here at the studio. Whoops, with, with what you're hearing, you're doing here at the studio. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a really cool project. It happens to be f uh, something personal for you, but yes, it's it's doing it's doing some good. So you want you want to talk about it? Sure. Should we introduce ourselves first? Oh yeah. Uh, see, if I do this, then it looks like you're Daniel Powers Jr. But I am. And if I do this. So, oh my God, if it still says fish enthusiast. No, part of <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Kevin Juggalo, Juggalo for life. Uh, part of the insane clown posse. Yes. So, hi, Kevin. Hi, Dan. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. Well, you work here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get away from me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I am a, I'm a teacher here. I'm also a student at William Patterson University. Um, Right over in Wayne. Nice school. It's a great school. Great staff. Great uh, student body there. Great facilities. Uh, shout out to Willie P. Shout what? out to Dr. Falk. What, 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 did we do this? Is that what it is? Like this is Willie. The, this is the new thing. P. Oh, I like that. Willie P. Can't. <laughs> William Patterson. Yep. William Patterson University. Okay, go um, ahead. Please, this is, this is very interesting. So I am... Uh, technically a senior um and so part of uh my course load as a senior at william patterson is uh, uh one of the course requirements is a it's called a ba capstone a bachelor of arts capstone project um which essentially in a nutshell is it's a semester long project um that is in the field of music and the project can really pending uh advisor approval which it was approved um, anything that I want musically. So like I could have released an album, I could have put on uh, a benefit concert, I could um, write a report, it could be like a written thesis, it could be any number of things. Like the, the it's a wide ranging possibilities. All right. Um, what I have decided to do for my BA Capstone project is use my resources here at Real Brave um, we have a, a a talented group of kids. the the um, the students in the uh, ambassador program, the Real Brave Ambassador program, um, which we can talk about a little bit more in depth. But um, it's essentially it's a band, teenagers, um, and I'm guiding them through learning, rehearsing, and performing the entirety of 
uh, Pink Floyd's 1973 album, The Dark Side of the Moon. Which is this album right here. That's the graphic right. on the album. Very cool. Um, it's really fun. It's been a lot of fun so far. It's really exciting. Uh, it's uh, challenging for sure. I mean, that album is was and still is a... Uh, it's so many things, work of art. You could describe it as um, a uh, production uh, feat, uh, a behemoth of twentieth, uh, 21st century, 20th century music. Well, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about it. I, I pulled up some, some facts. Uh, personally, it's probably, well, what got me into music, thanks Don Albert, is Pink Floyd. He like gave Don Albert works for Real Brave, and he happens to be someone who was really influ influential for me. But he gave me not Dark Side of the Moon, but Wish You Were Here. Mm. He said, "Listen to this on tape, mm -hmm. on tape, tape cassette, tape cassette." He said, "Listen to this." So I put it. That's a different story. So what Dark Side of the Moon was to say. He's like, then I listened to that, and then he said, "Listen to this," and that was a whole another. Like, Do you remember the first time you listened to Dark Side of the Moon? No, I remember the first time I listened to Wish You Were Here because oh. I remember sitting in the corner really afraid. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> because it starts off with the synth. Right. Now, Dark Side was the second. Like It was it was later when I was like is used it, to the, the, the Sonic. Is Echoes on Wish You Were Here? No. 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 That's Echoes. That's its own album. It is its own album. So let, let, I, there's some really interesting articles about... Dark Side of the Moon, and I, I figured it would be cool to talk about it. Sure. Uh, and things I actually didn't know. Paul McCartney was supposed to be on Dark Side of the Moon. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Um, it was recorded at Abbey Road Studios. Right. They scrapped the cameo, but let's see if I can find it here. The Yeah. His contributions to the album were deleted. But the Beatles did make a surprise appearance on the record. So you know when I was joking before when we were talking about doing this? Yeah. I got to find this. Doing this all live. So That's kind of... I was surprised to learn when... Um, I don't know how many years ago it was that on While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Eric Clapton cameo on, that, on the lead guitar for While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, you didn't know that? No. And it blew my mind. And then I listened to it again. I was like, yep. That's it Clapton. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely not um, Harrison. So for for this, I love the Beatles. Uh, the end, what we were talking about, there is no dark side of the moon, really. And matter of fact, it's all dark, it's all dark. right? Yeah. And I didn't know that he says the only thing that, that makes it look light is the sun. I never caught that. I never caught that either. I know that that is an 18-minute long interview that was chopped up. Right, and he's the Abbey Road doorman. His name is Jerry uh, O'Driscoll. O'Driscoll, yeah. Yeah, they, and he delivered those lines. Yeah. And in the background, if you really listen, supposedly, because we can't play it, uh, there is an orchestral version of the Beatles' Ticket to Ride. Because it's playing on the speakers in the studio as that interview is going on. Yeah. I remember reading about that. Okay. So that's cool. I did not know that. If you listen close to the end of Eclipse, the album's closing track... There's an orchestral version of the Beatles' Ticket to Ride, and then you're hearing the, the immortal, there is no dark side of the moon. Matter of fact, really. I mean, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, it's all dark. Hmm. That's at the end. So now we're going to work our way backwards. Uh, 
uh, speaking of starting at the end and working their way backwards, the first track on the album, uh, Speak to Me, um, less of a song, more of a, like a sound collage, um, takes bits and pieces that are in every song on the album. Really? Yeah, so they did that first track last. They mastered the first track last. And if you listen to it, you can hear the, the, the money sounds in money. You can hear... Oh, right, the, right, right. You can hear all the bits and pieces. That's right. That's, that makes sense, actually, but I never thought of it that way. And there's, like, screaming that goes right into <laughs> Breathe. Or yeah, and, and then all of a sudden Great it goes Gig back in. The sky. in. That's an isolated vocal track from Great Gig in the Sky. That lady, it sounds... Isolated, it sounds like screaming. I mean, she essentially is by the by the the, the, the apex of that song. A what? Quarter, yeah, absolutely. Take most of the album was recorded live. And do you know who the producer was? Was it Alan Parsons? Yes. Yes. That I did not know. Yeah. Of the Alan Parsons project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was nearly called Eclipse. Yeah. Do You knew that? I didn't know that either. I actually didn't know that, but I can see that. Well, there, there was this band Medicine Head that apparently put an album out at the same time mm. called Dark Side of the Moon. Is that right? And then that album flopped, and then they they're supposed to put it out as as that. That's like when uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender came out at the same time as Christopher Nolan's Avatar with the the blue people on uh, whatever planet that is, and everybody <laughs> forgot about The Last Airbender. And uh, I did not care for that. That's a reference my millennial uh, brethren will enjoy. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, there's some stuff here that nobody cares about. Do-do-do-do-do. All right, so what's, what's, before I get to this next thing, what, what's your favorite tune on the, on the album? Um, probably, I want to say Time. Um, although the, the jam band fan in me really likes uh, Any Color You Like, which is essentially just D minor G over and over again, mm-hmm. which is pretty standard, uh, like, like funk jam groove if uh, uh if, may i you may the thing so it's like these are the chords d minor 7 to a g7 the whole song maybe 4 minutes of it which um if you're keeping score a minor 1 going into a major 4 uh lends itself to the dorian mode I don't think anybody cares. This is the stuff that really interests me. This is where we differ, because I will go more towards the the heart than the... I mean, I understand what you're doing, but, like, (laughs) I don't really care. What what I like about the Dorian mode is that it's, like, a happy minor mode, which minor, minor, just typically, is just sad, right? And if I were to play the D natural minor scale... six but it's got that major six which gives itself uh, uh in in the scale of tritone oh look at that which is uh adds a bit of cognitive dissonance as the the listener is is hearing that and um i don't know it, it makes me uncomfortable in all the best ways um that this the synth sounds the the um was it emi synthy synthax um, the 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 delay, all of that, all the stuff on that track, yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's the one we're working on tomorrow at our rehearsal, 
Although okay. there's something I love about each of the tracks. Um, for example, on on the run, did you know that that is just a um, a bass line? It's, it's a synth bass line sped up 16 times. No. It was oh, just uh, and what that ended up is like a sixteenth note triplets. And what about the laughing? The laughing, that's all I think that's um that's more interviews throughout Abbey Road Studio. Um uh and sound effects of somebody running down the hall, uh, airplanes, drums bombs dropping. Yes. Um all of which I'm still in the process of... How are you going to put that all together? Well, let's get to that in a second, because I, I do want to get to that. Okay. But um, the other interesting facts about Dark Side of the Moon, which happens to be... Was it 900-something weeks I was on number one? I read somewhere 1,400. 1,400 uh, weeks? No, 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 no. Number one, no. 1,400 on the top 200. Top 200, okay. Yeah. It was like it's hundreds. Like, like it was like I think it's in here somewhere. Uh, the original cover was supposed to be an image of the Silver Surfer. Yeah, that's odd. That's like a, a Marvel character. Yeah, or was considered for the album's cover. I'm sorry, okay. consent, according to this source. Sure. Yeah, it was the first Pink Floyd album to break into the top forty. Okay. Yeah. Prior to that, were Ooh. prior to this. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm blanking. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, my Pink Floyd discography is uh, lacking. I know about Wish You Were Here, Echoes, uh, Animals, um, The Wall. Obviously, it was The Wall before or after it was after. After. Yeah. Proceeds from the album help fund Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it's yeah. like one of my favorite movies of all time. I get that. I understand that. It was They were running out of money or they were having money problems. And uh, with the album's success, because they made a ton. Back then, you could actually make money doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they funded it, basically. That's what I'm reading here. Oh, they're more than happy to pony up 10% of the film's 200-pound budget. 200,000-pound budget, sorry. Wow. It's uh, 10 tons. That's a lot of tons. (laughs) (laughs) So my song, uh, I guess, to end this is is Us and Them. Us? It's haunting. Us? us, Yeah. Haunting... And, and the chorus is just, well. That, I don't know. If that's that's not the chorus. It's more like a middle part, like a middle eight. Yeah. Are you doing that? Yeah, doing the whole thing. Doing the whole thing. Who's singing all this? Uh, Amanda is singing most of it. I know Emma's on background vocals. Um, these these are two of my students. Um, Amanda's doing "Great Gig in the Sky" with uh, who's that? Tony? No, I forget her name. I forget her name now. Um, us and them, I really like that chord progression. It's, uh, well, I went, I went, I've never actually never played this. Uh. And it goes to a, a augmented triad here. Nope, not there though. And then to a G. So that's awesome. Yeah, which for rock and roll us, to have us, this this so, this chord in there as like a yeah. standalone chord and not just as like a passing chord was like groundbreaking because people were like, "What the heck?" And it's over just the one root, right? Boom, yeah. D. Boom. 
Yeah, so that's uh, uh, Forward He Cried from the Rear. And, and uh, Waters, Roger Waters, lead singer, this is the first time he wrote if all, if not if not all the lyrics, most. Really? And it was the first time he was able to do that because it was Sid Barrett before that, that right. pushed that forward. Right, right, right. And Gilmore wanted to have control of the music, but I think that's, this is where they started banging heads. Yeah. Ironically, but, and the most commercially successful... And yeah, culturally and culturally successful album. The theme of the whole album. There was actual an actual theme, so it was it was a lot of it was a nod to Sid Barrett. Yeah, uh, but it was but it was more like li- Sid Barrett was. Wish you were here. That was written the whole for album. Him. That was written for him. The whole album was. Um, but there are a lot a lot of nods to, to him. him in this one, in so far as uh, the idea of mental stability, in a, life, death. Uh, insanity. Yeah, keeping your sanity in an increasing, increasingly insane society. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you're gonna do this with the ambassadors. Yes. So the and ambassadors. The, yeah. Talk to you about the ambassador program. So the ambassador program we have here was something that sort of it was it it was bound to happen, um, in my opinion, because we have so many students here in New Jersey alone, um, where. It's like they're they're great, man. They they they're killing it on their instrument or instruments. Many of them uh, are multi instrumentalists. Um, they uh, exhibit these like leadership skills, these these uh, team working abilities, and dedication to practice, and and just mu- the love of music, love of being on stage. And you know, you you see these kids, these young adults, regularly enough, where it's like, hey, let's jam. And that's kind of how it started. It was like, um, actually, how did it? How did it start? Was it was it with the bitter end? Was that the the that was the catalyst to get it going? You asked me, could I pull a band together for this fundraiser? I think we were trying to uh, battle School of Fools. School of Fools. <laughs> well, um, well, yeah. In, in some ways, we were trying to come up with something that. Um, uh, embodied our version of School of Fools. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> That's live, by the way. Then, <laughs> sure. Uh, right. <laughs> well, what we do in the concerts here, so we have concerts here, right? And we every in New Jersey, we have them right. every three months. And um, one of the things we do is we one of the accompaniment styles is the student comes up and they can be accompanied by the house band, which is instructors. Um, and we had... We've had like these these same students coming up each time doing these great things with the instructors, and we figured like we can get these yeah. students together. And we had that that um, the the fundraiser for After School Rocks, the, uh, the 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 nonprofit arm of Real Brave. Right. Um, we we provide music lessons uh, for kids in uh, formerly that were formerly homeless. And uh, it's a, it's a wonderful program. Go ahead. Uh, great cause. Check it out on Facebook. Um, uh, and yeah. so we yeah we had a, a fundraiser for that over the summer, and you had sent me an email. I was like, do we have like any? Can we pull together a band for this? And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. I was actually excited to 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 do that and um, to organize that. And so it was. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know about mentioning names of minors on. A podcast, but yeah, probably one, not. two, three, four students who uh, just clicked. 
We yeah. had our first rehearsal, and it was like, oh, what songs do you want to do? And it was like, we had, it's, it's floating around somewhere. We had a, a, a big steno pad with like 20 songs written out of songs that we want to do. Right. Uh, it's, I think it's back there. It's Yeah, it's back. It's on that wall there. Um, so they ended up, we ended up learning, uh, school's out for summer. We did, uh, highway to hell. We did, uh, uh, da, 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 uh, Nirvana song. Can't remember it. Come as you are. No. Uh, name that song. Breed. Yes. No. 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 <laughs> oh, it's the name of the song. Help you. Help viewer. That song. Uh, whatever that song is, and then also. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, '90s kid. Some Green Day songs. Speaking of, yeah, it should be. I should have be the authority on that. No, uh, Green Day song. Uh, a bunch of songs. We learned a bunch of songs, um, and we also performed them at the Oakland Carnival in town. Um, it was it was it was just a blast to be a part of that. To to have have these students come and rehearse and learn the songs and learn their parts and their lessons. It was a lot of fun. And so when you know, I, as I entered my senior year. I already had this idea in mind because it was it was so successful. They were they were. You talking about the dark side of the moon? Yeah, because we have four minutes. Actually, I moved back my lesson. Oh, you did? Yeah, so we can we can go past six o'clock. Sure can. Okay, viewer. If you're up, if if you're up for it, Dan. I am. I want to go home though. And viewer. <laughs> okay. Badly. All right. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it was when I uh, when I got the wind of what I could do. It was like, yeah, let's do that. And I've seen um, Pink Floyd tribute bands that have done this. And um, there's a uh, there's a reggae version of this called Dub Side of the Moon nice. by the Easy Star All Stars. And then there's Moon uh, Dark Side of the Moonshine, which is a bluegrass version of it. Um, and in uh, 1996, uh, a certain jam band based in Vermont covered the entire album on Halloween one time. Fish? Yeah. That's the one. The Fish. The Fish? Yeah. Actually, it's really good. You should check it out. You won't. <laughs> Not after I showed you their cover of Purple Rain, where no. uh, John Fishman played the vacuum cleaner in lieu of a guitar solo. <laughs> Um, Someday I'll listen to Fish. But there are uh, there are lots of renditions of this album, so we're gonna put our own Brave Side of the Moon. Okay, the Brave Side of the Moon. That's, and that's, that's the title of the project, Brave Side of the Moon, which works on two levels because real brave and also the mascot at William Patterson of the Braves. I think that's Oakland. Mm, brave New Radio is the the William Patterson uh, radio station. Really? Yeah. Really? It's the Braves. Yeah. That's. Cr- Crazy. I think I'd be embarrassing myself. If it's really str- when we first, bo- when I first opened this location, I thought you were affiliated with William. Patterson. I swear, it, because the Oakland Braves too. And also, I got the the email through that the the school. I don't understand because all right, so people would walk in and and uh, and I didn't get it. Yeah, and I'm like, no, it's a brand. Nobody knows. It just, I think it just, it just is uh, fate. Fate turning its head and whispering in my ear. 
okay. With uh, this Dark Side of the Moon thing. I'm wrong. That you are, uh, I'm going to put this back up here. It's the Pioneers. Dark Side of the Moon. We don't own this, by the way. Uh, I think we've gotten all of the, the facts behind it. Some of them, yeah. Most. Uh, let's see if we've got some more here. Claire Torrey was the, uh, Torrey. was the great gig in the sky vocals. Mm-hmm. Which and she recorded that in three takes, which they spliced and put together for the final master tape. And she didn't think that she got the gig. They were supposed to do some sort of like weird Bible passage of spoken word thing over it, and they're trying all sorts of crazy things. That, that chord progression is... Um, uh, keyboard's name. Bob. Uh, Alan Wright. That's not right. That's not. I don't. I don't. I actually don't know. I forget off the top of my head. That was dubbed the uh, the heaven chord progression or something like that. Really. I like this up. It syncs up with a couple of movies. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Supposedly, I've never tried. Is it Dark Side of the Moon and? Uh, Oh, Wizard of Oz? Yeah, that's... Is that, that was, Does that work? It's a coincidence. There are certain coincidences, but there, were, there have been interviews with uh, David Gilmore. He's like, no, we, <laughs> no, we didn't do that. We didn't really do that. Yeah. So it's just a quinky dink. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to be named Eclipse, a piece for assorted lunatics. Uh, this is a cool one. This I did not know. The insane laughter belongs to Naomi Watts' dad. Naomi Watts is a very famous actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in you know, King Kong, Mulholland Drive. She's really famous for that and a bunch of other things. But that's her dad. That, yeah. He was also responsible for snippets of dialogue such as, uh, I never said I was afraid of dying. I never, I never said I was afraid of dying. Oh. That thing, which is in there. You can hear it from the beginning of the great uh, gig in the sky. Um, and that was all I interviews. did with, not know that. I know. Um, Naomi Watts. Uh, starred in The Ring, which gave me terrible night years as an 11-year-old Nightmares. Boy. Nice. Horrible nightmares. <laughs> uh, that was called the mortality sequence, that chord progression in um, Great King in the Sky. Okay. Um, um, mortality sequence. Mortality Because that, that, that's about, uh, it's about dying, right? Yeah. Great King in the Sky. Heaven. Um, I'm not even going to... Oh, it's a B minor. I want to point out the first two chords on the whole thing. Uh, music theory nerds. Here we go. Y'all are going to love this. Everybody else is going to be like, shut up. Going from a B minor to an F is the most... It's uh, it's called a tritone, uh, and it's uh, among the more dissonant uh, intervals. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it sounds ominous. Yeah. That's the, that's the idea behind the dissonance. Um, it's the, it's the, at the heart of Western music to have this... Resolve to that. 
Yeah, and I hate resolving. I've gotten, I've actually a band almost broke up because of that. Because you, you wanted, you didn't want to resolve? No, yeah, I didn't want it to resolve. I wanted to go to like something that just went. Yeah. And then the, the theory nerd wanted it to resolve. So it has to resolve. Yeah. Has to resolve. Yeah, there are people like that. Do the resolving. Nope. Do it. There it is. There it is. And everybody's like, oh, because it's a, it's tension release. Yep. But I want a tension. The fun fun fact about that is that that can resolve the opposite direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It resolves in, in a theory way, but not in like the, the nice way. So anyway, you were saying. Um, so that was, yeah, that's the first two chords on that, which is was odd for the time. And then yeah, I'm just kind but of. But like how are you teaching this? So, so, how are you how are you teaching this to the students? That's so, that's what that's what I think we should talk about uh, next. Mostly by rote and by ear. Um, You're going song by song. You're like, oh, this is the part. Play this. Yeah. So I picked out the chord progression for Great Kick in the Sky, and I wrote it out in lead sheet symbols, and I put it in front of the keyboard player, and said, "These are the chords." They played them. Um. With our lead guitarist, her and I have just been sitting down in our lessons. She's one of my students. Um, she takes two lessons a week. So we've been sitting down in the lessons and piece by piece taking apart David Gilmore's guitar solos in Money, in Time, in uh, Us and Them. Dude. Uh, rather, um, the you know, all the slide stuff and just piece by piece just putting it together. And for things that we don't have time for, because there's not, there's not enough time. But, you know, Pink Floyd uh, at its root, is very much a jam band, right? So there's a certain level of improvisation. In fact, in the the recordings themselves, a lot of this stuff was improvised. They had the the the, the skeletal structure of a chord progression, but with that you have chords, and with chords you have notes. And so you know the notes and the chords, you can improvise an entire melodic line based on the notes that are in the chords that are in the progression. So that being said, like we'll take, and it's 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 not always that complicated. It could be like, here's the chord. This is the scale that corresponds to these chords. So like more often than not, with like Pink Floyd or any rock band, it's like a pentatonic scale or a blues scale. So yeah, there's a level of improv, improvising, improvising that's going into um, some of the solos. But we're trying our best to you know be as Authentic as possible with it. No Gilmore spot on stuff because he's my he's my man. There, she's got spot on on money. <laughs> she's got spot on on time. Um, the intro uh, or breathe rather. Um, yeah, we're not like throwing it all to the wind. We're we're doing as much as we can. Okay, this is probably their first time with an odd time. <laughs> yeah, seven four. That's yeah. money, right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So explain seven four. Seven four. <laughs> And it's, it's a, done in C. You don't even realize that it's at an odd time, Cause right? Because like, it grooves so hard that you're just like mm, ding, 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 ding. one, two, and three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. Which, if you didn't know, you wouldn't. Right. You you just the significance of an odd. So odd time means like in every single like Rolling Stone song, it's always going to be like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Right. But this groups differently because it it does it it's in it's you're actually counting seven. Yeah. You're leaving off the eighth beat, yeah. and it and it gives you like a different. It pushes feel. it pushes you forward, um, on a neurological level. We we as human beings are very comfortable at intervals of three and four so either like a waltz like 
one, two, three, one, two, three, which you can even expand to one, two, three, four, or like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, right? Um, but seven, four at a, a, a like a physiological level makes us kind of like on edge and it pushes us forward in terms of how we feel music in terms of like where we feel the beat to be. Um, another great example of that is um, uh, uh, the theme music to Mission Impossible. So here we have a show from the 60s that's about like spies and defusing bombs and like, you know, sneaking around. You got to be on edge. You're on edge the whole time. Think. Wait, is it in 11.8? It's in five. It's in five. I'm just... One, two, eleven eight's not even. Uh, one, one, two, and three, four, five, one. Oh, that's right. Duh. Four, five, one, two. Uh, one, two, and three, four, five, one, two, and three, four, five. Uh, so the composer he took this this show that's about like being on edge, and he wrote a theme song specifically de designed on a on a deep neurological level to make the viewer feel on edge. So right from the get of the show, etc. Okay. So, yeah. Um, time signature stuff is really cool. If uh, uh, Adam Neely is a YouTube uh, music theory jazz bassist who there's a lot, he's got a lot of great videos about time and odd time signatures and uh, odd meters and stuff like that. And, um, but, but time, uh, money is in 7-4 time, which I thought was ironic because I feel like time should be in 7-4 time and money should be, be, be in 4-4 time. Okay. Fair enough. It's, okay. uh, it's all right. I'm not upset. I think, uh, okay. I didn't write that letter to Gilmore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, so. It, uh, to your original question, it was a difficult. No. No, and in fact, I tried to explain it as as little as possible. Like Jake, the drummer knew. Oh, he's a good drummer. He's very good. Very talented. He he knew about it because he's got to count them. It doesn't break out of it either, right? It's always it there. It does. It does go, oh, one. It, oh, it's Axel. Oh, that's right. And then it's here in a 12 8 shuffle, which 12 8, 12 eighth notes. One, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. One, two, three, four. One and a two and a three and a four. And we just feel it as four. See, that's why, even before, I can't, I can't count playing. That's why I'm a terrible drummer. Uh, and, the, I, the and I got the time of, signature wrong before eleven eight. It doesn't even exist. The rule of thumb is to not count, but to feel. Yeah, well, that's what I try to do. Yeah. So when, the, when I first started playing odd time music, I was and everyone was like, "No, it's like one two one two one three one two one two one." I was like, "I can't count like that." That's the. Uh, no, it's not. Um, I'm working I'm at William Patterson. I'm in the choir at William Patterson. We're working on a piece that like slips back and forth out of. Four four into like five eight, so it's like one two three four one two one two three one two three four one two one two three one. You know, it's it's which is kind of weird, but um, nobody wants to listen to that. I mean, uh, not really. <laughs> not mainstream. They want to hear one two Greek. three four. Actually, um, that's maybe for another time. Kendrick Lamar. Count, uh, clap on two and four, everybody. This is a public service announcement uh -oh. from Real Brave. Clap on two and four. So if you're hearing... There's nobody watching. Caroline. Whoa. Oh, that is uh, socially acceptable. This is not. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. There's a great video of Harry Connick Jr. playing piano, and people are clapping on one and three, so he slips in a bar, one measure of five. Okay. And it, 
everybody just ends up on two and four. And he was doing it solo, but he was playing with the band, and you see the drummer react going, <laughs> when that happens. It's a great video. Um, yeah. Well done, sir. Thanks. So when are we expecting uh, – what are we doing with this thing? Are we going to try it? We can't, um, we can't record it. We can't post it. We can't do any of that. So what are you going to do? Are you going to have a, like, a little performance? I'm going to record it for my scholastic purposes. There will be a performance. Um, 80% chance here, 20% chance at William Patterson. I, I still have to talk to the um, director. You can do it here. I would love to do it here. Actually, we've got the lights. We've got the sound. We've got everything we need here. Um, the only benefit of doing it at William Patterson was, would be to you know, give the, uh, the students the experience of performing at a, a college. Oh, and then that's awesome if you can get that to happen. If I can get that to happen, I'm going to have that. But they are rehearsing on this stage. Um, we can fit about 60 people in here. Um, it would be great. I wouldn't have to carry. No, I, I would highly suggest you do it here. It's yeah. all here for you. Yeah. Uh, but that's November 30th. Nice. Yeah. Uh, am I going to that? Of course. Okay. I will forcibly bring <laughs> you here. You drag me here. Yeah. Uh, my dad keeps calling me. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited to hear this, and I think it's going to be awesome. I think I would actually love personally someday to play uh, Shine On Your Crazy Diamond Parts 1 to 8. Oh, cool. I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah. I know the first... The first four parts by heart. I mean, if I sat down, I can re remember how to do it. I had to learn it by ear. That's how I learned how to play guitar. That's um. So that's how I learned how to solo and bend. Actually, in terms of like pedagogy, that's like uh, that's the way to do it. That's I mean, yes, yes, learn to read music, learn to sight read. Eh, I think music all is, that good read stuff. The, the re music reading can. But go if to the if side. you don't have the ears for it, then like. You're kind of just like a robot. I don't want to say, I don't want to say it like that. If you want, you got to have the musicianship that allows you to hear something and then replicate it, or um, read something and hear it as you read it. That's called audiation. Audiation. Um, audiation. Yeah. I've never heard of that. So, like, tell me more of this audiation. To like see like a chord progression, think boom, 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 knowing that it's C G A E. <clears throat> e. Hello, Santa. Um, to be able to see something and hear it in your head. Also, and then also, this is how I learned. Was being like five years old and having like a little cruddy 18-key Casio like toy keyboard. And at the time, my favorite movie was Star Wars. Still is. You make that face. I did. You make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. Your favorite of that. movie of all time is Star Wars. Yeah, I don't care if that's cliche. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> just, right. I wasn't expecting you, you didn't that. say that out loud. Sure, <laughs> you did this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting us to go into Star Wars land. Um, we could. Yeah, we'll go there. Take pictures, bring them back, put on a slideshow. Very good. I, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm just did not expect you. Good. I'm, anyway, I'm, inter I'm first, interrupting your moment. The first song I ever learned and taught myself because it's very special to me. It's my favorite movie at the time. I was five years old. <laughs> was the theme that ba 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 Yeah, yeah. Finally, got to find the note. Right. Um, and so, in terms of like learning music, I uh, there's it is invaluable to be able to use your ears and to pick out what note that is. Find it on the keyboard or your guitar or flute or whatever instrument you're playing and then play. 
I agree. I didn't learn music reading until I was in my mid twenties. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, I went back to school yeah. and I had to, uh, I started reading in like third grade on the recorder. That's still a thing. Mm-hmm. People still learn recorder. That's fine. Yeah. And then fourth grade, I started playing saxophone. And I played that through college. Um, very talented man we got here, Mr. Mr. Kevin over oh, there. Oh, stop. Over there. No, you are. I mean, you play like five instruments, uh, and I pay you like a dollar an hour. Something like that. <laughs> it's uh, 20 cents per instrument. I pay you only a dollar an hour, I said. Which and is great. he was like, okay. Which is wonderful. <laughs> I love to eat off the dollar menu. Yeah. Dollar menu. I have great. no problem with that. I'm Mr. Scrooge. Yep. You're, you're like... Uh, no, it works both ways, because I could be eating healthfully, but I prefer to eat garbage. What ha- no, I thought, what happened to... to uh, uh, man, it's been like weeks. Really? It's been Come weeks on. since I've been in the gym, and I've just... Well, I moved into the new apartment, and it's... Uh, Uh-oh. It's it's lovely. Uh, I'm very happy, but it's... Uh, I, I interrupted my um, my whole routine. I had to get back into the gym and start cooking again for myself, but it's been like frozen food. Let's talk more about this, since we should get into this. All right. <laughs> So two years ago, <laughs> you want to open this can of worms. Two years ago, I was a uh, two hundred and forty pounds. My goodness, soaking wet. Do we have Do we have a picture of that? Nope. And thank goodness. Yeah, I think it's right there. There it is. There I'm it is. The one on the right. <laughs> That's me two years ago. <laughs> two forty pounds, and only like two or three pounds of that was makeup and hair dye. Oh my goodness. Um, but then uh, you know, I just stopped drinking soda. You stopped drinking soda? Yeah, for a long time. Back on that. Let's get rid of this. Yep. Yep. And also, you know, being part of a posse helped a lot. (laughs) The street street cred, the running from the police, it was... uh, What's it like being a... a Calories. I mean, and you were a clown, too, no less. Yes. Yeah. Um, It was... uh, (laughs) my glory days right there me at my my peak yeah um but anyway seriously i mean so you you were you you this is about health right so you got healthy yeah that's awesome we're actually let's let's do a segment we'll call this dan's health corner dan's health corner talking about health with dan powers Actually, there's, there's got to be more of a, like, uh, the more you know kind of feel. Oh, that's very good. It's got, like, a little resolve to it, too. Did you want me to not resolve that? I didn't. Oh, sorry. I wanted it to be more dissonant. Um, yeah, no, I just joined a gym and I stopped eating. Uh, well, I didn't stop eating. I ate less. I ate less and exercised more and I lost weight. Okay. If uh, If we all did that. We wouldn't uh, be uh, have the problems we all have. Yes. So you did you did well. So you're not doing it anymore. Right. Uh. Well. Yeah. No. I'm. I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. I mean, I lost seventy pounds. Holy smokes! So seventy pounds. And, and then I gained back about fifteen. You gotta go. I think. Actually, on on, not to talk about you like you're not here, but you got super crazy thin. Me? Yeah. Because when we played the there was a show that we played in Ringwood. Uh, the the parade thing and and you were was really thin. I was, I was like peak physical condition. Oh at yeah, that time. you had like a nine pack. I had all nine abs. 
was great. Joey knows about that. He sure does. So, we're, um, are we going to go into that? No. <laughs> <laughs> could we? I think we could. I think it's a family show, though. Okay. It's a family show nobody's watching. Now we I don't have like, one like at all. Now I feel like not going into it will leave more questions. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just like just putting that back up? DM us if you're curious about that story. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. Well, uh, we're going to boost this. I'm going to try to go home 70-hour work week. Right. I'm tired. Yep. Dig it. And uh, message us if you want to hear more about this dark side of the the moon thing. I think it's going to be awesome, the brave side of the moon. I think if we, we can't like broadcast to do more of this. If, them, if it's them playing. I don't think so. Blanket license. Blanket license. I... My whole thing with music is, for those that, that know me, know that I've played for a long time, my retirement from the dozens of dollars that I've made over my long career, dozens, dozens, dozens of dollars. Wow. My last BMI check was $3.46. Should be that I get to play music whenever I want, wherever I want, sure. and broadcast it whenever I want. Yeah. I've paid my dues, and I don't care. And I'm saying that in a nice way. But I should be. I, I personally think it's 2019 going to 2020, and we should be able to talk about this stuff and pass it down. It's going to benefit the artists long term. If we were, if this was a really successful podcast and we were talking about Dark Side of the Moon, and some kid picked it up on whatever medium that it happened to be on, and learned about it, hollow disc, streamed it. Ended up getting into Pink Floyd when they never were going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. This is the future that we're going into, folks. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to pick up a CD. We have CDs here. No. Nope. No, it's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> you do this. This is yeah. So I think it's absurd because we've done podcasts before and they blanked us out. Like when we're talking about music. Like yeah. what, what was it? Was it was uh, Hootie and the Blowfish? We Who cares? Hootie, yeah, yeah. We played Hootie and they play, and they and they muted us. Um, I hope they mute me right now, Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <coughs> Quote um, me. I I know that Facebook has a certain. Um, they have some licenses where you can use. I think Universal Group. Yes, people gotta get paid. You can, there's certain artists that have this license through Facebook, and vice versa, where they, where you can play their music. I get it. But out of the dozens and dozens of dollars that I've made. Dozens. And I'm, I'm not even... I'm, You're not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. Um, it's in that double digit mark. <laughs> we're, we're getting close to hundreds. <laughs> I would have killed to have... Yeah, free exposure. Yeah. Free exposure. Yeah. And in this day and age where we're coming... We just passed a 50-year mark of Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. When uh, Kanye West, I believe he's being serious, said like Paul McCartney, said to Paul McCartney that, you know, then when they did that collaboration, that he'll make him famous or something like that. I, I thought he was being serious. It is Kanye West. I mean, he could not also be serious. He was being serious. He was being serious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Paul McCartney is going to be someone someday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Post Malone posted on his Twitter account. You know Post Malone? Yep. He posted on his Twitter account, like, something about Ozzy Osbourne and, like... People were like, whoa, who is this Ozzy Osbourne guy? Post Malone just put him on the map. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And it was just really, really a sad moment. It's a sad moment because you know the, you know the music. Yeah. But for people that don't know the music, they don't know. So like, I think it's an opportunity to push this out there. It should be out there for free, for crying out loud. The, the industry is done. This is the first year that vinyl records are going to outsell yeah. CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First year since uh, mid-'80s? Is anybody watching? No. Uh, some, some Something like that. Yeah, it's, and it's because it, it, it's, it started as like a novelty thing and like uh, became like a niche thing, like hipsters, like, oh, yeah, check this out on vinyl, man. Hey, man, I just rode my vegan bicycle downtown, yep. and I was just like... Straight from the Whole Foods. Yeah, it was from whole, like, got whole paycheck, man, and like I was hanging out with my friends, and I got Playing my vinyl. Yep. Played hacky sack for four days straight. Yeah. <laughs> that was you, wasn't it? That was... Uh, not me. I didn't have the energy for hack to sack. You sure? Ultimate Frisbee, though. I was bad at it. Um, I don't know where we're going with that segment. But yeah, you know, no, it started as like a niche thing. And then um, uh, it, people remembered that the audio quality of analog recorded music is far superior to digitally recorded music. So when you have bits, well. it's like, it takes the sound, it takes the sound wave and it makes them squares. And that's not cool. You don't. Get I don't know about that. Uh, well, well, why? What makes you say that? I've got my hands on my hips. So that's why I said that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it's a dead giveaway. Um, also, um, there's a new release out of uh, it's a re-release of uh, Fish's seventh studio album, "The Story of a Ghost." It's coming out in vinyl. I actually had that CD. Did you really? I did. What the heck? So there's something called Columbia House. Yeah. They would send you a CD, right. and you would purchase it for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, it's fair. And then you would get twenty free CDs. All right. So the not free because seven hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> divided by twenty is still a lot. People, how many people got the CD? Still were like, I didn't send, and it was like, you got to send it back by such and such date, or we're going to charge you $750,000. You're like, I could afford $750,000 to get the 20 free CDs. And that was one of them. So did you ever listen to it? Yeah. Can I ask you to listen to it for next week's podcast? Uh, yes. Oh, such apprehension in his voice. <laughs> I, have, I, I did listen to it. I'm not even joking. It's a great one. It has a song on it. It's got... Birds of a Feather. It's got. It's got one ghosts. of their singles. It's got Gaiuti, one of their singles. Maybe Birds of a Feather. Oh. Wait, what's the name of the album? I just lost it. Oh no, I'm thinking of Hoist. Oh yeah, that's got Sample in a Jar. That's the song I'm thinking of. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I'm thinking of Hoist. Not, but I, I do know the, the album you're talking about because I've, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Hoist is great. It's got uh, some really good bluegrass on like there. Fish. It's got some nice blues. Uh, it's got uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, family friendly. I remember liking fa- and the, the, the dudes I used to hang out with back in the 90s. Dudes. My, my boys. Total dudes. What's up, They're boys? They're listening to Fish. They, no, we didn't listen to Fish. Oh, not so much dudes. Like just guys. It's like Dave Matthews. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, there's there's some crossover there. There's a, there's a Venn diagram of uh, bros, <laughs> of bros where Dave Matthews bros, Fish bros, hanging out in the parking lot is that little crossover. 
Webster Hall. Okay. Really baggy jeans. Yep. Sandals. Yeah. Dave Matthews. Uh, dreads? No. I had really long hair, though. Okay. All right. Tie-dye shirt? 70s shirt. Okay. All right. Beard? Mm, I couldn't grow a beard. Are you going to do No Shave November this, this I'm. This I just started it because it, it takes me about two you months. Get a head start? <laughs> 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 I considered getting a head start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it takes me a while. It's a, yeah. <laughs> By the time November comes, people are like, oh, you're doing No Shave? Yeah, I haven't shaved in, in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be like a week and I'll be like, yeah, I'm just really uh, masculine. But uh, the uh, the gentleman that cuts my hair, Larry. Shout out. LP and Co. Said that it's actually supposed to be for a mustache. What? No shave November. Yeah. Oh. But I don't. I don't know if that's true. I'm just. Can I stop. I shaving. could probably Google it. But stop I'm not shaving gonna. my pits. You start shaving your pits. Stop shaving my pits. Start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, boss. You got it. This goes far beyond the job description. Yeah. Cool. So it says here that I have to what? Okay. Yep. It's uh, 627. I think we've done our, our due diligence. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the, the thing you're going to do. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited I really for, do. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for, like, just everything else that, you know, this is, you know, we're just, this, we're still within, like, the six-month conception of this whole ambassador thing. Yeah, the ambassador thing is awesome. You know, and so we'll be doing it in the Queens location. We'll be doing it in the Manhattan location. Um, it's, it's great. It's a lot yeah, of it... So if you're watching this and you're a student, uh, or if you're watching this and you're wondering why we've been why we do this, uh, just hit us up. Talk about the ambassador program. Uh, we're not school of fools. School of fools. <laughs> so glad you keep saying fools. School of fools. Uh, we are the best. I have to say that on behalf of you, yep. because it's people like him that make this awesome. It's not just not just me. I'm the whole great. staff, everybody from every location, and more to come. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm proud of you all, and uh, we will have more about this next time on Real Brave Radio. Thanks, wait, everybody. Uh oh. Uh oh. Real Brave Radio. Real Brave Radio. Promotional consideration. Real Brave Radio. I'm trying to get this thing back Real up. Here we go. Those two guys. Radio. I don't even know any ICP songs. I'm imagining it's like something like that. Yeah, I, don't I, know. C I can't even imagine. I'm even thinking of Slipknot. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye.